This is my homily for the fourth Sunday in Lent. I realized during the live stream after I got done preaching that I never actually hit the record button. So I've had to record it at a later time. Um, But here it is. So I gave a homily back on August 4th all about the theology of death and the the way that Catholics understand our relationship with, as St. Francis called it, Sister Death. Many people thought it was cute and said things like, Oh, good homily, Father, I really enjoyed it. But I don't think a single person really understood it at the time. Because despite our attempt to wrap our head around the fact that we are going to die eventually, most every single one of us has a slight feeling of invincibility. We know we are going to die, but we really don't fear it because we think it won't happen for a very long time. I think if I were to give that same homily from August 4th right now, everyone would understand it much more in light of recent events. Most people recently have been given a healthy dose of reality, knowing that the end of their mortal life could be much sooner than they were planning on. So while I think most people have a greater sense of their mortality these days, I still don't know if they've wrapped their head around it correctly. So let me refresh you in the proper understanding of the Catholic understanding of death. We certainly don't fear it. We don't try and delay it. But we also do not try and accelerate its coming. But we do know that death is inevitable. Death is a part of life. As I said, we should not fear it because it is only a passing moment in our existence that leads to eternal life. The moments of death however serene or painful, are what most people focus on. But what we should focus on is the eternal life after death. As humans, we are made up of body and soul. The body is mortal and will perish until it is raised up again on the last day at the second coming of Jesus. The soul is immortal and will live forever. And only we have the power to decide where that immortal soul will be. We are the ones who will decide if we spend eternal unending life in hell or in heaven. And we make that choice every day of our lives. Now this can sound very scary and like we should be fearful of every choice we make so that we don't make the wrong choices and end up in hell forever. If you know the older form of the act of contrition, you're familiar with the line that says you're sorry for offending God with sin because you, quote, fear the loss of heaven and the pains of hell, end quote. Well, okay, while that's true, it's not what the church wants you to focus on, because in that model, it's motivation via negativa. It's like training a dog to, to follow commands because it fears getting hit. That negative motivation only works for so long before the animal revolts and attacks the trainer. And the same is true for us. We can only function out of fear for so long before we rebel and say, forget it, I'll take my chances. Whatever the punishment is, it can't be worse than this. But that's not how the church wants us to be motivated. The language of the church has shifted from the negative to the positive, because we should be positively motivated. We should want to be good, because not because we feel like an ant 
and God is a kid with a magnifying glass. And in these times, it's especially hard not to feel that way with all the turmoil and uncertainty. But rather, we should be so motivated by love that we neither fear death nor the pains of hell, but we choose to be good and virtuous out of love for God alone. Whenever I speak to anyone about discernment, I always remind them of something that was taught to me long ago. God always moves in peace and tranquility. The devil always works in fear and anxiety and rash decisions. If you live life in fear and anxiety, then know that this is an attack from the devil. But did you also know that the church prays every single day for you to be free from anxiety, to be free from fear? The church prays every single day at every single Mass celebrated by every single priest in the world for you to be free of dread and all anguish. You've heard these words every time you've ever been to Mass, but maybe you've never paid attention to them. Maybe they just get said by the priest so quickly that it's hard to understand what he's really saying. So let me read to you the words that the priest prays. He says this prayer directly after we have all communally prayed the Our Father. He says, quote, Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. What beauty! Your mother, Holy Mother Church, the universal Catholic Church, at every single Mass, every single day of every single year, prays that we would be preserved from sin and the anxiety that comes with it. She prays that we would be free from all distress of every kind. The Church prays that in good times and in bad, we would know peace until that day that we are reunited with Jesus Christ, either through the doorway of death or when he comes again in glory. We have nothing to fear. For if we know Jesus, if we believe him and what he promises us, there is nothing we should fear. Not disease, not financial insecurity, not spiritual attack, not even death. And yet many people listening to this will think, well, that's easy for you to say, Father Dan. If you die, you can just say it's God's will. You don't have a wife. You don't have any kids that depend on you to provide for them. You have job security forever because, let's face it, the Catholic Church isn't going anywhere. Yeah, I guess you're right. It is pretty easy for me to talk about dying without any of those consequences. Maybe I'm too cavalier about death. Or maybe it's that for the last four years, I have prayed a prayer every morning to the Lord to bring me a good death, a happy death, and to be free of the fear of death. But maybe I'm just a bad example, because when I die, the only people that are going to be sad are my, are my parents, assuming that they're still alive. No wife or children to mourn me. But let's not talk about me. Let's talk about someone else. 
Thomas More was born in 1478 in England. He was the son of a lawyer and a prominent judge, and so he followed in his father's footsteps and studied law. And in 1502, he became a lawyer. During his time as a lawyer, Thomas discerned whether or not he should enter the priesthood. But unlike most of the stories I tell in homilies, he decided not to enter religious life. He married and had four children with his wife before she passed away. Thomas married again, but would not have any more children. But he lovingly accepted his new wife's daughter from a previous marriage. He insisted that his sons and daughters be equally and well-educated. Thomas was known to be an upright and honest man, and eventually his proven character impressed King Henry VIII. Thomas impressed the king so much that in 1529, Henry VIII made Thomas More the Lord Chancellor of all of England. However, in 1530, Thomas refused to sign a letter to the Pope asking for an annulment for King Henry. And it only got worse from there. Ever-increasing conflicts between church and state continued to grow until Thomas, in an attempt to placate the king, offered his resignation as chancellor. In 1534, knowing that this could mean his death and the destitution of his family, Thomas refused to sign a document making Henry VIII the head of the church in England, among other things. For this, Thomas was imprisoned for heresy. I'm sorry, treason. His trial was anything but fair, and even though he defended himself extremely well, the minds of the judges were already made up and he received the death penalty. Thomas was to be put to death by beheading. He walked to the scaffolding boldly, knowing that the fate of his wife and children he was leaving behind was fully in the hands of God, trusting that they would be taken care of. He neither feared death nor the judgment to come after death. St. Thomas More was finally canonized in 1935. St. Thomas More lived fearlessly. Holy Mother Church desires each of her children to love God with so much love that they are emboldened and fearless, able to endure anything, any circumstance, any hardship, any disease, any famine, knowing that what we experience here on earth is nothing compared to that which we will experience in heaven. The trials of this present age, St. Paul tells us, are nothing to be compared with the glory to be revealed. My brothers and sisters, I am praying for all of you in these days, praying that you may be free from anxiety and fear, that you are able to trust that the Lord will see you through this time as well. No matter what the future may hold, remember the words of St. Paul from Romans 8. For if we live... We live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So then, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's.